Well, game two against the Rangers was not as close as game one, but we still are going to recap the game for you. And is there such a thing as West Coast bias? We think so, and we don't think it's a bad thing. And we're going to honor the Zook nuke, Kurt Suzuki, who said he's going to retire at the end of the season. You're Locked On with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And John and I thank you for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can give us a rate and a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Helps others to find it. And if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe and click the bell to be notified every time a new episode drops. We're glad that you decided to join us for this edition of Locked On Angels, where it's your team every single day. You've got the Frisch Brothers here with you, a.k.a. the Super Halo Rose. My name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnAngels, and of course, at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram. Mike, we hit around the Rangers on Tuesday, and they decided to get back at us and hit us around on Wednesday. Yeah. And it yeah. ended up being 7-2 uh, to two in favor of Texas. And it was a game that started well until... It wasn't going well. <laughs> right. Yeah, that seventh and eighth inning, we kind of fell apart. It was the eighth inning. We had two errors, led to three runs. I kept thinking back to when we played the Mariners and you created that video. Because they're making errors and throwing things everywhere. And, and and yeah, one of those games where you're like, well, I guess this is kind of, it, it is what it is. Exactly. As you're trying to figure out who's good and who's not, all those things. And yeah. we were in this game for a bit. Taylor Ward started it off with his 19th home run. Yes, sir. You and I talked about how to finish the season strong for Taylor. And we were like, hey, what if he got to like 20 home runs? Mm-hmm. Homie's almost there. And that's yeah. really exciting. And he's raised his OPS. He's back up in like the 890 range. Yes. And so he's finally starting to hit his stride again. And as you've mentioned already on this pod he really was affected by that injury so Mm -hmm. it's great to see him come back and look really good and I'm a fan of Tucker Davidson Mm -hmm. and I think that there's something there I'm not a huge like coach I can't pick out some of the specifics I'm not John Boy right what do you like about him (laughs) I I like him because I feel like he's a gamer I feel like he Mm. is going out there and he's willing to learn he's figuring it out there's something about him that makes me think like he's going to be an in eater think like Mm. 2002 Kevin Apier right like he wasn't fantastic but he was 11 and 12 that year but he ate innings he was that fifth starter that Mm -hmm. you needed that's just gonna grind and I feel like Tucker has that and he looked like that guy last night he had five innings pitch three hits three runs three K's and no walks John and I felt like this was an improvement for Tucker would you call this a would you call this a good game then a good start for Tucker Davidson yeah I mean for what it was I mean 67 pitches he could have gone longer if he was probably somebody who's been around the league a lot more but unfortunately not unfortunately but he just doesn't have the experience so they they cut him off at five innings and you mentioned it yesterday that these young starters only going five innings, it's just kind of getting them used to being in the bigs and being in the major leagues and and letting them cook a little bit. I mean, gosh, five innings pitch, three hits, three runs, three Ks. You know what I noticed, Mike? I checked out his baseball savant page. He was a lot more around the zone this time as opposed to when he was pitching in Houston or against Houston. He only went two innings pitched against Houston, and so that was yeah. a, a huge improvement, and they got four runs off of him in, that, in those two innings. But 
He employed uh, the sinker again. He employed a curveball and a changeup. He really relies on that slider. That's his number one pitch. And then he goes with the four-seam fastball off of that. So just again, he's he's mixing up those pitches. And I identified that from his first start to his second start. He stuck to slider, fastball, and a third pitch. And then the next time out, his second start that we thought was an improvement, he employed five pitches. And this is what yeah. happened again. He didn't employ any of those against Houston. They also talked about how he changed his delivery somewhat before this game. So this definitely is an improvement. And I like what you're saying about him being a, an innings eater. I just think we have so many of those kind of guys, right? And yeah. this is the time to figure out who's going to contribute and who's on the cusp or maybe not part okay. of a major league well, team. Well, I, I would say that that's what's happening with Tucker because yeah, totally, he's totally. adjusting his release point. He's adjusting how he's winding up. Mm-hmm. I feel like with his numbers, it, this almost was like a spring training game, but mm-hmm. like late in spring training, right? Like we're going to let, we're going to let him throw 67 pitches or, or go five innings, depending on what happens first. And mm-hmm. he's figuring things out. And that's what I like about him is that he is willing to learn. And I know that his numbers don't reflect, actually like success but I would actually not be surprised if he is in this starting rotation next year and he is somebody that might be like six in that rotation because Hmm. I think that he's he's proven that he's got major league stuff and he's major league ready and he's just trying to figure some things out and then the great thing is is that if he doesn't if he doesn't pan out then you can always send him back down or you can always bring in somebody else and it's not going to hurt the team. He's not Reed Detmers. He's not Patrick Sandoval. Mm -mm. He's not Jose Suarez. So if he doesn't pan out, we're not going to be heartbroken. These guys Mm -hmm. that I just mentioned are the guys that we really believe are going to be the nucleus for a successful season next year and into Mm -hmm. the future. I think Tucker is going to be like the whipped cream on the ice cream, right? Like he's he's the extra additive that can make (laughs) this team a, a little bit better and help them to get from their bottom of the rotation to Shohei and to Reed and to some of those guys. We've also got Chris Rodriguez. We've also got Griffin Canning. Uh, Uncertain where they stand. I mean, they obviously are not playing, and they're probably not practicing right now, just considering they're healing from injuries. So we have a lot of options going into spring training just to see which guys might contribute to the starting rotation. I would like to go in feeling a little bit more secure in terms of the starters that we will get and possibly have in the rotation next season. And part of pitching security is not running out uh, Rob Zansremski out there anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he was DFA'd from his last two teams. Like, uh, (laughs) yeah, he's he, I see why now (laughs) came in loaded the bases and then, Credit to Zach Zach Wise. I, I thought that he did okay in trying to get out of that jam. And, of course, uh, Tavares hit that bases-clearing double, and that just put the game out of reach. But, uh, yeah, Robbie Z is not for me. <laughs> <laughs> We're not talking about Rob Zombie. We're talking no, about something. <laughs> no. So, all in all, you know, it was one of those games where you just got to see what you have. And I did like that we got really to see Moniac was, yeah. in action. We yep. got to see Joe Adele come in and pinch it for him. And honestly, like it's good to see Taylor Ward feeling better and and getting back to what what he's doing well and how he does it well. We've got a very early game for us. And so it's going to be Michael Lorenzen versus Martin Perez on the mound. And so that will be a good matchup. We have seen Michael Lorenzen pitch pretty well since he's come back from the IL. And that's another thing. 
do we bring him back next season? I'm looking forward yeah. to having all of these conversations once we hit the end of the season and we, we can got just a lot kinda, of content for the off season, right? No kidding. Especially with <laughs> Thank the, you, of the team and yeah, and Otani and MVP and all that stuff. So yep. once the dust settles at the end of this regular season, I think that we're going to have a lot to talk about, but yeah, I think Michael Lorenzen is also somebody who could be a return piece to have him yep. come back and be part of this rotation. He didn't really get to, be everything that he wanted to be this season because of the injury, but he right. got off to a great start. And then his ERA started to tick up once he had that injury, and then he finally went on the IL. But I do think that he could be somebody to come back. So as far as pitching goes, it's great to have options. We have not been in this position Absolutely. ever. No. <laughs> so I think it's good that we <laughs> have our options. I just hope that these guys start making strides and taking big steps forward and making it clear like, oh man, we have to have this guy in our rotation next season. Well, coming up on Locked on Angels, you may have heard John Heyman talk about this West Coast bias, and you may have heard us talk about West Coast bias. And so is it a thing and is it a bad thing? John and I are going to talk all about that, but first, Lockdown Angels is brought to you by Total T. Men, as you get older, your body starts to change, and maybe you're getting a bit of the dad bod. Is this is this commercial speaking to me, Johnny? Uh, and you're feeling less like yourself, and you don't have time to work out, but you want the energy and body you once had. That's where Nugenics Total T can help. Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster with Testofen will help turn back the clock, re-energize your workouts, and get you better results at the gym. And it will help you to look and feel like the man that you want to be. Nugenics Total T contains man-boosting ingredients like Testofen. It has been validated in five clinical studies to show boosts in free testosterone levels in men. While every product professes quality, many of the products use generic ingredients that are are far less than uh, clinical grade. That's why Nugenics Total Tea is really, really good. You get the same clinical potency levels, and Nugenics formulation is backed by 10 years of science and research. So you can count on it. You know it's going to be safe for you. So if you want to feel stronger and leaner and have more energy and drive, get Nugenics Total Tea Testosterone Booster with Testofen. Here's how you can do it. You can text MLB to 231 231 right now and get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea. And when you text right now, you actually will receive a bottle of Nugenics Thermo. This is their most powerful fat incinerator ever. I, I like saying incinerator. And it has key ingredients to help you get back into shape fast. And here's the good news it's absolutely free. So text MLB to 231. 231. That's MLB to 231-231 to receive your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea and get a free bottle of Nugenics Thermo today. And remember, message and data rates may apply. Hey, we want to thank you for making Lockdown Angels your first listen of the day. And we're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, right here on YouTube. Mike, we've heard a lot of talk from Mr. John Heyman of yeah. the New York Post. He his, likes to tweet. <laughs> his rag, the New York Post. And uh, yeah, we see him a lot on MLB Network. And he had a lot of nice things to say last season about Shohei Otani. But his boy, Aaron Judge, is in the MVP race. And of course, yep. by all accounts... Aaron Judge is having a remarkable 
season and it deserves to be talked about. Yeah. We feel like Shohei Otani's conversation and and MVP push should also be talked about and not discounted. And our goal here is to not discount what anybody is doing. But John Heyman has just gone off the rails (laughs) tweeting and talking and saying that Orange County and California doesn't exist and all this stuff and all seven people who believe Otani should be MVP are, are chirping. It's like, good grief, man. So our question is, do we have a West Coast bias? Well, Mike, I'm an English teacher. I was an English teacher. I taught yeah. high school English. I, well. I have my degree in English, and I, I love to write. That's what I do primarily for work. And so let me give you a little bit of uh, detail into the word bias. Language right? arts so, with John. Here we go. Language arts <laughs> with John. Bias means in favor of something more than another thing. Mm-hmm. When it comes to Otani, we're in favor of Otani. Heck yeah. And so do we have a West Coast bias? Of course we do. Otherwise, I wouldn't be wearing this hat. I wouldn't right. be wearing the pride of this terrible Angels team on my head <laughs> because right. we love the Angels. We've been we've been fans our whole lives. But that doesn't take away from the fact that you and I can be reasonable in understanding why somebody like Aaron Judge would get the MVP. In fact, sure. we've said many times, if he ends up getting it, of course, that it's well-deserved. We will stand and, and applaud, absolutely, yeah, well, yeah. Of course, but I think the problem and where the wires get crossed, gets crossed, is the fact that so many people are downplaying, including John Heyman, what Otani is able to do. Yeah. And what Aaron Judge, and he's not downplaying Judge, but people want to downplay what Judge is doing. Stop punching down and downplaying and right. recognize the history that you're watching. Now, when it comes to Otani, we'll talk about our bias. Look, we've seen him play every day since 2018. Yeah. I've I've gone on this rant before. We've watched him play hurt. We watched him not pitch in 2018 because he had to have Tommy John, but he still hit, and he got Rookie of the Year because yeah. of it. Waiting to get surgery, and he's still swinging a bat, and he's still hitting over 20 home runs. Yeah, yeah. I remember those he, seasons. <laughs> he homered on the night that he found out he was going to have to have Tommy John right. surgery. Still went out there and swung it well. Now, yep. we were there when he came back. He didn't look good. Nope. Everyone made fun, right. and we were disappointed, but we still supported him. Yep. Yeah, that's the other thing is everybody made fun of, oh, look at Mr. Two-Way Player, can't right. pitch anymore, da 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 and, and so then he goes out and wins the MVP in 2021, which is fantastic. Yes. We saw him carry this team last year without Mike Trout. We watched him win the MVP last year. That was great. We were there when the team was losing and only winning the games this summer that Shohei Otani pitched. Yeah, can we emphasize this summer? Can we emphasize May? And can we emphasize June? And can we mm-hmm. emphasize, like, this just happened, friends. <laughs> right, and that adds... So much value when you're only winning because of him. Yep. Like, continue. I'm, I'm getting verklempt. <laughs> <laughs> Your tattoo is running. Uh, That's okay. right. So we've, we've experienced the moments where he could have sat down, John, because he was tired, mm-hmm. because he pitched the night before. He could have rested. He, he fouls a ball off of his leg, fouls a ball off of his thigh. And yet, homeboy is still in the lineup, and then he mm-hmm. hits a double and legs it out and still stays in there. All of this to say, John, yes, we are biased of Shohei Otani. We are in favor 
of Shohei because we've yes. watched this guy grow and play and lead and just crush it this season, mm-hmm. but not just this season, last season. And since he's come up, we've seen his impact. We've felt his impact this season. And I'm a, I'm a big believer that bias is not a bad thing. Like when hmm. people say, oh, you're so biased. Yes, we are. We're watching this guy every single day for his entire career. And listen, bias is built through relationships with someone. We have a baseball relationship with Shohei Otani as fans yes. of the Angels. And so yes. we're excited about that. Plus, he makes it so much fun. And here's why I think this conversation is so important, John. The fact that people are downplaying what Otani is doing mm. and the fact that people are downplaying what Judge is doing mm-hmm. is not because they're not having great seasons. Right. It's because fans just don't know what Angel fans know about Otani and what mm. Yankee fans know about Judge, which mm-hmm. is evidence as to why MLB has dropped mm. the ball on promoting its players so well. Mm-hmm. And I feel like what John Heyman is doing lately is trying to catch up at least for Judge. He's trying to catch up because he's on the MLB network. He's trying to catch up so everybody knows. The fact that Judge has 60 home runs at the time of this recording and is possibly going to break the American League record. First yeah. time since Roger Maris, right? And we haven't seen this in the American League since then. The fact that there isn't like headlines and breaking news and yeah hey let's go live to the stadium is on MLB and so Yankee fans I know you're watching I know you're listening it's okay to be biased towards judge and say Mm -hmm. dude's got to win the MVP because he leads in every almost every offensive category right currently is yeah (laughs) and Angel fans it's okay to say no I think Otani because he is currently doing something that nobody has ever done, right? Mm-hmm. The biggest issue, the reason why we're feeling the tension and the reason why we're not sure is because as Angel fans, we aren't seeing Judge as often as Yankee fans are of course. or as baseball fans are and vice versa when it comes to Otani. This is an MLB problem. This isn't an Angels-Yankees problem. This isn't a, oh, there's only seven people in Orange County. That's not the problem, John Heyman. Right. That's not the right. problem with this situation. The problem is the MLB does not know how to promote its players. The MLB no. does not know how to put them in front of the whole world. And the MLB doesn't know when they have a gift in front of them like a home run chase with Aaron Judge, a almost 700 home runs with Albert Pujols, a unicorn in Shohei Otani. When was the last time you saw breaking news? When was the last time the news huh. even said that this was happening? You know what? I'm verklempt. You need to take it because I just need, <laughs> I need a drink. <laughs> yeah, the, the fact is, I mean, you're only going to see stuff like this on on social media. And a lot of those times it's MLB like affiliates. It's going to be Bally Sports. It's going to be Yes Network. Yeah. It's not going to be from those accounts. And I think that we're finally starting to see the, I mean, I saw judge hitting 60 all over the place on Wednesday and that's great because that deserves to be celebrated. But you know, what's funny, Mike, I saw a interview with judge after he got 60 home runs and I'm not going to say what the YouTube channel was, but it was essentially not yes network. It wasn't MLB. And it was like judges full press conference. And Mm. you know what I got from it as an angel fan? I went, this is a good guy. Yeah. What a good character. Yeah. What great things he had to say. And I would have missed out if I had not been the level of baseball fan that I am. But it's funny to me that it was on some random guy's channel who wow. 
probably ripped it from Yes Network yeah. and, and not from Yes Network itself. I want to see the press conference. I want to see the whole thing. And that goes back to the problems everyone has with MLB TV, which yep. blackout restrictions and you can't watch the post-game show. It cuts off at the end of the game and things like that. It's just so bad how MLB has marketed things. And it's unfortunate that it's pitted people against each other in terms of who's better judge and Otani. It's not like discussions in terms of, hey, I could see both sides. We had some good discussions on our on our YouTube page yeah. in the comments. Yep. I saw some of our listeners interacting with some Yankee fans. And yes, went, and thank great. you for that. That was fantastic. <laughs> 100%. And, and the problem is, is that we are missing out on what is happening around the league. Yep. We're missing out on each other's successes and celebrations and things that, as baseball fans, we should be excited about and I think as much as I love Twitter and I much as as much as I love being on Twitter that just makes it so much worse too because it's just type it away and fire it off into the world and you don't have to be responsible for anything yeah yeah right (laughs) so all of that to say yes we are in favor of Otani as fans we would love to see him get the MVP because we've seen him day in and day out doing what he's doing and how much value it has brought to the Angels. However, we recognize as non-Yankee fans, we haven't seen Judge doing what he's doing day in and day out. And I hope that that understanding would apply to all of us, that because we don't get to experience all of the things we as fans of Major League Baseball should get to experience and that MLB has failed to promote and put in front of more than just a tweet, more than just a a subscription to MLB network and and a a, a 30 second clip that's going to get clicks and views because it's short. I want to know the details. I want to get into the nitty gritty. I want to hear these things. And it's a shame really. So I hope that as all of us who are baseball fans can understand this, this issue is not between us, but more about what MLB is putting out there for free, essentially, on social media, but also not giving us access to. And that, to me, is the most frustrating part. John, you mentioned that Aaron Judge is a good guy and Mm -hmm. Shohei Otani is a good guy. Mike Trout Mm -hmm. is a good guy. Part of mm-hmm. the reason why they get voted for MVP is because they they have good character, right? That's part of the the list. You mentioned that on this pod this week. Well, speaking of good guys, who is not in the MVP race, but is a good guy, Kurt Suzuki announced that at the end of the season, he is going to retire. He was interviewed mm-hmm. by the OC Register, and he said, I feel like it's time. I've had a great run. I won a World Series. I've been in an All-Star game. I played... 16 seasons, I've accomplished a lot of things that I would never have dreamed of, and I felt like it's time for the next chapter. I have three kids, and all they've known is baseball. So, Johnny, let's Mm. take a moment and look back and honor the career of Kurt Suzuki. So, let's start with what he already mentioned. 16 seasons, he's a career 255 hitter, he has 143 Zook Nukes and 729 (laughs) RBIs. He made one All-Star Game appearance, which was in 2014, as a member of, do you know, do you know the team? What team was he on? 2014. 2014. Was he off off Oakland at that point? He was off of Oakland, yes. Man, and then I know he was on the Braves and the Nationals. Yep. And it's got to, 
I don't remember. The Twins, Minnesota Twins. The, oh gosh, yeah. yes. One of those random teams. With the Twins. Yep. yep. Okay. And so then, okay. of course, he won a World Series in 2019 with the Nationals. Here's the teams he played mm-hmm. for, Johnny. The Angels, the A's, which he crushed us and killed us when he was with the A's. That was frustrating. Yeah, no kidding. The Nationals, the Twins, and the Braves. He had actually two stints with Oakland and with Washington. Hey, talk about hmm. his best season. Uh, which was in 2017 with the Braves. It was actually a really good season from Kurt Suzuki. Yeah, in 81 games with the Braves, Kurt Suzuki had a 283 batting average, a 351 on base percentage, and a 536 slugging wow. percentage, which combines for an 887 OPS. He had 19 home runs and 50 RBIs wow. from the catcher spot. Yeah. So, and that's just 81 Only games. Only 81 so games. Half, yeah. half a season. He did all that, so if you could imagine what he could have done in a full season that year. Uh, Suzuki did mention that he is interested in having some sort of role in baseball later on, and he wants to speak with Perry Manassian about where he can help out. But the biggest priority for him is to do some coaching in the Torrance Little League boy. with his kids. That's great. Mike, you failed to mention one thing about his career, his weird, awkward Titanic pose with Donald Trump <laughs> when they won the World Series. That's right, yeah. That, uh, that was quite the photo. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> but that's yeah. not how I want to remember Kurt Suzuki. Yeah. How will I remember Kurt Suzuki? Honestly, I know that we were so frustrated with him in 2021 because we wanted to see more Stassi and Stassi was having a great season. Yeah. And we always kind of wondered, well, what happened to Matt Theis? And what happened to our other catchers that are in our system? And so to bring in Kurt Suzuki, we originally thought was a, was a good move in 21. Yeah. But he just did not have a great season. He also got Shohei Otani stuck in traffic on the way to uh, in the Coliseum. Oakland. You should know about Oakland. Sab- saboteur. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, but that's where Patrick Sandoval got to uh, debut, and that was great. Or yep. Not debut, but but step in and fill that, that role. That worked out. All that to say, I think it's really cool. And one thing that we didn't mention, Kurt is going to get one last start in Oakland during the last series of oh, this season. Great. So hopefully Oakland is prepared to honor him because that's where he started and that's where he's going to end guess get that get this one this one blew my mind if you can't tell because i can't talk <laughs> our buddy julio who's a huge a's fan he uh, has a the podcast the town tailgate podcast a's podcast so if you're somehow an a's fan and you're watching our show go check out town tailgate you know what he told me he said kurt suzuki is the last active teammate of do you know who uh, uh, Frank Thomas, uh, Mike, Mike Piazza. Oh, there you go, Mike Piazza. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Piazza and Suzuki were on the A's together. Wow. And Kurt Suzuki is the last active MLB player who was teammates with Mike Piazza. How about wow. that? That's great. And that's how I'm going to remember Kurt Suzuki as an Oakland A. I'm going to mm-hmm. remember it when, oh, we were, when we're battling the A's in the early 2000s, right, and late 2000s. Kurt behind the plate, getting the key hit or throwing us out at second base. He was just really solid behind behind the dish. And and I'm, I'm thankful that he's been on the Angels the last two years. He's really brought a lot of character and a lot of leadership. But I'm always going to remember Definitely. him as a rival when he was battling us with, with the Oakland A's. And I'll think fondly on those days because we haven't had any sort of fun rivalries since then because we haven't been any good. <laughs> so uh, good luck to him, man. He's a SoCal guy. It'll be great to see him work with his, his kids. 
kids. And if he's a part of the organization, I think he'll bring some great value to the players and to the organization. So good luck, Kurt Suzuki. I have appreciated hearing that he has been very helpful with Matt Theis and that him and Stassi have been working with him and, and teaching them and passing on their knowledge. And so that just seems like the kind of guy Kurt Suzuki is. He's going to take his knowledge of the game and pass it on to players and and really help them out in their careers. I wonder if we'll see him as a manager at some point. You know how catchers love to be managers and catchers, they honestly, they manage the game from behind the plate. And I, I would be interested to see if that is something that he would be interested in doing uh, in the future. But all that to say, uh, we hope that Kurt Suzuki has a great retirement. It'll be fun to watch him in the few remaining games that we have. And it will be fun to see him back in Oakland, and I hope that they celebrate him well. And thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. You can make your second listen, the Locked On MLB podcast with our friend Soli. He brings humor and passion and his unique perspective on every team and shares some of the biggest stories around the league. You can follow this podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, don't forget to give us a follow on Twitter at LockedOnAngels so you can keep up with the show whenever there's a new episode. And, of course, you can catch us at SuperHaloBros on Twitter and Instagram. Mike, what do we have on deck for tomorrow's show? We're going to check in on the prospects headed to the Arizona Fall League. That's always Ah. interesting to see who goes there. There's some names that you'll recognize, and there's some names that you probably won't. So John and I will share the details of each of those players heading to the Arizona Fall League tomorrow on Locked on Angels. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Angels. We appreciate you spending time with us, and if we've delighted you, entertained you, or made you laugh in any way, please be sure to leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Or if you're on YouTube, be sure to hit that subscribe button, click the like, and click that bell to be notified. We would greatly appreciate it. It's how you can return the favor for all of the Halo Bros knowledge that we pass on. <laughs> there you go. There Absolutely. it is. Well, until tomorrow's show, everybody, my name is John, and that's my brother Mike. My name is Mike, and that's my brother John. And we will see you back here tomorrow for more Locked On Angels.